Welcome back, guys, to Take It From Us. Uh, we got episode three of our sports podcast coming out here. Um, and just a quick heads up, we've decided to do uh, just sports podcasts going forward. If there's anything important going on in the world or going on in life, um, might touch on it a little bit here and there. But for right now, we're focusing on sports, uh, sticking to what we're good at here. So uh, once again, Jake, Colin, and Brooke, first thing we're going to dive into today is college football playoff rankings. And then we're kind of getting into um, Thursday night picks for the Cowboys-Saints game. Talk a little bit about Baker Mayfield and that whole you know, drama surrounding yes. him and Hugh Jackson, whatever's going on there. And just kind of getting into a couple other things as well. So we're going to start off with college football playoff rankings. Uh, if you haven't saw yet, it is Bama 1, Clemson 2, Notre Dame 3, Georgia 4, Oklahoma 5, and Ohio State 6. And the rest is kind of irrelevant. Kind of what we all expected here. Um, but, <clears throat> I mean, so here's a scenario you got to think about, too. If Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship game, then what happens to you? And well, I think, obviously, Clemson would be one. Yeah. And then after that, like, who knows, honestly. <laughs> Am I, you you want to go ahead? Sorry. Then, then you got to think, <clears throat> so then if the, does the committee – move down Notre Dame to four and Alabama to three and Georgia to two, then that would be just a rematch of the SEC championship game. Or do you move Alabama down to four, and then you're kind of punishing Clemson there a little bit to have him probably, in my, in my mind, the best team in the nation. So, I don't... I think you would have to go Georgia and Bama two, three and have them play, I guess, again right yeah. away. And then, in my eyes, I think you put in Oklahoma yeah. if they win... Because I don't know, like I mean, we said it last week. I don't think Notre Dame's done enough yeah. to convince me they're one of the best four teams in the country. So, um, yeah, but the thing is, and also, if you put Alabama at the two and three, or Alabama at the two and Georgia at the three, um, then it kind of takes away of an all SEC national championship game again, yeah. which I could see would be a good thing in my eyes. And another thing I want to talk about is. I saw a stat today that Notre Dame is number one in strength of record, um, and I don't know how. Yeah, that that's that might. I mean, I don't know. I don't understand that one either because, I mean, how many games did it have they struggled with? They struggled with Ball State, Pitt. who is bad in the MAC. Vandy, um, Vandy, USC. Honestly, could have beat them. Mm-hmm. And you know, they struggled against Pitt at home. But, I mean, I know Pitt's in the ACC championship game, but and at the same time, it's you're at home. You're you're undefeated team at home, and you can't get excited for a, a game against Pittsburgh. I mean, you got to I mean, I, you gotta assert your dominance there at yeah. some point if you call yourself a good team. I don't and, know. And another thing I just realized was that, like, Notre Dame's biggest win that they've hung their hat on was that Michigan won week one, mm-hmm. and... I mean, Ohio State just exposed them, and yeah. that win really doesn't look as good now. So, I mean. And like Jake said, um, identities change, too. It was week one. Uh, we've seen it. We've seen it time and time again. Identities change. Teams change. I mean, it, I don't know. I, I feel like that was kind of a fluke in my eyes. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> I mean, on the road, Michigan, I mean, just looked out of sorts. And yeah. 
uh, here's, I don't, whenever go. there's that much like question around like a team like that, like I don't know. I think sure. Oklahoma or even Ohio State would be better off being put in over them. Here's my thing with Notre Dame is just the inconsistency by week twelve, week thirteen. In the college football season, you'd hope that a team has some form of consistency and some form of identity. And I don't know. I'd almost rather have Notre Dame be consistently average and keep like scraping by with these wins because you just don't know what to expect out of them. Because like they said, Ball State kept it within a possession. Vanderbilt kept it within a possession. Once again, Notre Dame's at home for both of those games. Pittsburgh keeps it within a possession. And anybody that watched that Pittsburgh game, Pittsburgh did about everything they could to lose that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's simply make a couple plays. And then you look at some of these other games. Um, and sorry, they, that's the same as the USC game, too. They did about everything yeah. you do not want to do. They fumbled twice, one time, in the red zone. And it's just stuff like that. It's... You, it, we just don't have any confidence in them. That's why. So I will concede, okay, you beat Michigan, big win. Like we said, week one, you were also at home. And tell me what your other marquee win is. Is it beating a highly overrated Syracuse team? Is it beating a terrible Florida State team? Is it beating Northwestern by 10, which was also felt like a lot closer than a 10-point game? Northwestern being 21st in the country and having a terrible loss to Akron on the year. So I just want to know what what is your marquee win? Obviously, you're going to say it's Michigan and stuff, but once again, that's week one. So I have no, I have no problem, I guess, with Notre Dame getting in. Uh, I mean, you, I, I'll give it to them. They, they beat Michigan, they took, and they don't have a terrible loss is the thing either. So go ahead, put them in, but it's going to be tough going forward if Notre Dame goes in and just gets ran like by Clemson, Bama, whoever it is, if they run them out of the stadium, then Notre Dame better join a conference or something, or they better start scheduling some damn tough non-conference games. Because consistently good. Yeah, it's and, not going to work for them going forward if they get into another playoff game and get ran out of the stadium like they did years ago, 42-14 to 14 against Bama. And – uh. My thing is, when you look at the one-loss teams that are, like, right around them, so, like, Georgia, I don't, I can't think of off the top of my head who Georgia's loss is, but Oklahoma's loss was in a rival game to Texas, which they have a chance to come back and redeem in the Big 12 championship. And I guess they could say they're ahead of Ohio State because, I mean, they had that bad loss at Purdue. But, I mean, Georgia, I don't think they had a bad loss. Georgia lost by 20 to LSU. Ooh. LSU was at but home. They're still a top 10 team. Yeah, so. that, that game got away from them at the end as well. So maybe they could say they're ahead of Georgia too with that one loss. But, I mean, for Georgia to get in, they have to beat Bama, which would be the best win you could have. So that'll take care of itself. But, I mean, Oklahoma pretty much, I mean, has played tough teams all season. I mean, against Will Greer and yep. Texas and, you know, teams like that. I find it very interesting, too, that after the game, Brian Kelly on his post-game on on-field interview, um, he said, yeah, <clears throat> we're 12, or he said, we're 12-0, and 0 and we just hope we can get in. And I find it, I find it odd that I, I would think that a coach would be confident in his team to, if you're 12-0 and 0 and you're number three, I feel like you should be confident you're going to make it. And I just, he seemed very um, 
not very confident that his team is going to make it. And I, I find that very interesting. Maybe that's just the way he is. Maybe he's just a really humble guy and he doesn't want to assert any confidence or anything like that. But I find that very interesting. You know, you would think undefeated your coach would be yeah. saying, we're yeah. in, we've done all that we can do. But mm-hmm. I feel like he knows they're, I mean, in the back of his mind that there's still a chance that they could be left out. And yep. that's that's what we're all curious to see, I guess, yeah, exactly. how it's going to shake out. I Before we move on from that scenario, just talking about that, I think it becomes extremely, um, extremely interesting if Georgia does beat Alabama and Oklahoma goes out and avenges their loss against Texas. Because at that point, even though Alabama has been one of the best teams, or has clearly been the best team all year, maybe one of the best teams in college football history, if we're being honest here, they've gone out and they've ran everybody. At that point, it's tough to put in, honestly, it's tough to put in Alabama over Oklahoma just because of the timing of their loss. That's why it's so tough. You got four teams, and if you're putting in Notre Dame, and here's my thing. If that were to happen and Oklahoma wins this weekend, Alabama loses, what I would want to see is I'd want to see Alabama and Oklahoma both make it and Notre Dame out. But it's not going to happen. Just realistically, it's not going to happen. And that's what's unfortunate is Notre Dame has a bye weekend, just gets to watch all this stuff shake out, and will probably get put in. Exactly. That's just what, it, like you said, it's very unfortunate because they have, they're they sitting at 12 games, and you got like Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Oklahoma. They're going to be at 13 games. And that's just one more game Notre Dame could have lost, too, against a quality opponent. And I guess I have a question for Clemson fans. Like, honest honest to God, would you rather see o- or Alabama win the SEC championship or Georgia? Because if you're Clemson and Alabama wins, you probably get matched up with Notre Dame. Yeah. For your first game, and yeah. in my opinion, you have a cakewalk to the championship. Yep. Or if Alabama loses, you probably draw like Oklahoma, Georgia, or Alabama potentially. Like, so I, I mean, I guess Clemson fans, I what makes you feel better? So I, in my opinion, I'd rather see Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have to want Bama just in case too. Georgia knocks them off if something happens where Bama drops the four. You sure as hell don't want to see no, Bama yeah. in that first round of the playoffs. Yeah. That that's your that's, that's probably your two best yeah right that's your there. two Should best be. teams, and that's the thing with the committee. They're <laughs> the NCAA wants to make money. They want this to be obviously the best playoffs they could possibly have. So I I highly doubt we'll see a scenario where Clemson sees Bama in round one. Yeah. Um, and also talking about the playoffs here, if you think that Oklahoma. If Oklahoma wins this weekend and Ohio State loses or Ohio State wins, I will tell you there is a zero percent chance that Ohio State jumps Oklahoma. There's I don't no care way. if Oklahoma scrapes by by a point and Ohio State wins by fifty. Ohio State will not jump Oklahoma because Oklahoma's loss is against a rival at a neutral site, and they're avenging it this weekend. Yes, Ohio State's loss was twenty nine. To Purdue. 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 When's the last national championship team you've seen that has lost to a team like Purdue Exactly. by more than 28 points? Yeah. Just Ohio State fans, I think it's going to take a hell of a lot for them to get in. You need Clemson to lose. You, you need, need Clemson to lose badly 
Yeah. And you need Georgia. Oklahoma to lose you need badly. Oklahoma. Yeah, you, so you need Oklahoma and one other top four team to lose. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if Oklahoma loses and Georgia loses, I think they squeak in. But, yeah. Which, in all honesty, could happen, but... Well, uh, I mean, so what if Oklahoma-Georgia loses? Yeah. How, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Then you see Alabama, Ohio... I'd say Alabama versus Ohio State, State. 1-4, and, and then, then Clemson, Notre Dame, 2-3. Yeah. But I... <laughs> Here's a wild scenario that probably will not happen and should not happen, but you got Ohio State play Northwestern. Somehow they lose to Northwestern. Oklahoma plays Texas. Somehow they lose to Texas. Georgia plays Alabama, obviously. They lose to Alabama. So then you have Michigan sitting there at the 7 and UCF sitting there at the 8. So what happens there? Well, I don't think... Michigan gets in because no. they're not no. even in the Big Ten championship game. Yeah. I mean, but then how does, do you put does, UCF in do there? Do you give lost? UCF a, a shot? I no, mean, not without Milton. Not with, yeah. No. So, that's just, and then, and then you, after that, you're getting into the three lost teams. Yeah, like Florida, LSU. Yeah, well, because we, we've we said it before in previous podcasts, the committee's looking for the four best teams, not the four most deserving. So if that scenario were to happen, I'd say, so yeah, Michigan? stick undefeated. No, I'd say stick undefeated UCF in there. Because they probably at that uh, point they're probably the most deserving. But you s- without Millen, you sure as hell aren't. They're not one of the four best teams. And in my opinion on that, if all that were to happen, Georgia's then a two loss team. Michigan's a two loss team. I think Georgia's a better that, two loss team than Michigan. Say, depending on the score in the Alabama Georgia game, I w- I would probably stick Georgia, Georgia. back in there yeah, because yeah. they got to play the best team. In the I'd country. say anyone outside the top six this week has zero chance at making the yeah. playoffs. And and I mean Oklahoma's a big favorite. They're eight eight point favorite. Um, Ohio State's a heavy favorite at fourteen points. So the odds of that happening are very slim. So, mm-hmm. but it's just a wild scenario you got to think about too. Yeah, uh, we've you, seen Wilder. Yeah. <laughs> you have your six right here. It's just a matter of yeah. of what four they're gonna take. Yeah, and. Personally, it's whatever happens this weekend, it's going to be a big deal made out of it because it's how it is every year. Even in college basketball, you got 68 teams making it, and we fuss over the 69th, 70th. What I'm saying is, especially if Bama wins, personally, I don't think it matters who the hell you put in at four because I, I don't know. I, I think Alabama Clemson, runs the table yeah. this year, and it's like Brooks said, it's going to be Bama Clemson. And if it's not great, we got to see good games. But I just I can't see this being anything but Bama Clemson again, which I'll take. Which That's honest, obviously gonna be the see. best football yeah. game. Yeah. I'd love to see Oklahoma Bama just to see if Oklahoma can put up a fight. Being yeah. having a team with a mobile quarterback, you know they're not gonna stop Bama. No. So if they're gonna win, it's gonna need to be seventy to yeah, sixty three. Yeah. So like that. I, don't know. I mean, I'd like to see that, but realistically. I think we all know what the national championship game is going to be, and we probably know how it's going to end, yeah. barring an injury. But as a college football fan, that's what you want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So what's up next on the docket? And stick with college football. I know Brooke had a couple things to say about hires this week. My thing, the two obviously, if you haven't heard, the two big hires are potentially it's not finalized yet, but Mac Brown in North Carolina, they said they're trying to finalize a deal, which is wild to me. I thought, I mean... <laughs> He was done coaching forever, but and then obviously Les Miles to Kansas, and you know everybody. I mean, two big splash names, good for those schools and going out and getting them. If the Mac Brown one goes through, of course, but I don't see either of those working out at all. 
And here's why. Because college football has changed so much since they were last in there. And I know for sure Les Miles was a defensive guy. I'm not sure about Mac Brown. Had a good offense with Vince Young when he was there. But it's it's really changed so much. And you saw Bobby Petrino like getting a second chance at Louisville. And it didn't work out. I mean, he had Lamar Jackson to lean on, the Heisman winner. So, I mean, those years worked out for him. But, I mean, first year without Lamar, he gets fired. So, And then you got to think about, like, these high school recruits. Are they going to want to go play for a yeah. 75-year-old Mac Brown? Do you Brown think they can or, relate to a yeah. high school player anymore? Like Or, like, a 30-some-year-old Scott Frost. Some, yeah. Something like that. I mean, for God's sakes, you're going to have to... Mac Brown's going to have to walk in the house with a walker or something. I mean, yeah. like, jeez. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, there's no way you can relate to like the 19 year old, 20 year old kids. And I feel like both of them, the appeal of why they got recruits was where they were at. Like Mm -hmm. LSU is a big name school and Texas was a big name school. But I mean, you're going to be at North North Carolina, two basketball 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 schools. schools. How are you going to convince kids to come play for you at two basketball schools? Like, hey, in the offseason, you can go watch our good basketball team, I guess. Yeah. Well, what I what I see possibly, I think Kansas for sure, maybe UNC is I could see both of those programs becoming um, D1 programs where people get funneled out of, like, D2. You see these kids that I'm just rolling off. If you watch, like, Last Chance U, as these athletes, you know, that big names, James Franklin started at Florida State, right? I mean, just different players like that go back down to – it is is it D2? Or is it like yeah. N- so it's D2, play a year there, then they're eligible again right. for D1. Yeah, and so Juco. Yeah. Or Juco. Yeah. So, I mean, at that point, I could see Kansas being – yeah, we'll take a shot on a couple of these guys because other teams are, or yeah. other programs are scared to. I could see that. Well, yeah, like the bad behavior yeah, guys. Yeah, that have to yeah. I think you have a point there. That's a, I mean, it's going to take a lot to rebuild and build up that reputation. So that very, that is a very good point. I mean, grabbing those guys or. That's the only way I can see that work. Yeah. Is, uh, and that might be a reach Especially there, less miles in the Big 12 because that's like an offensive league. So. I mean, mm-hmm. hanging with the Oklahomas yeah. and the West Virginias and the Texases, like, I mean, he's he's going to have an uphill battle for sure, and I think Mac Brown will too. Yeah. I apologize, but Mac Brown's only 67 years old. But, <laughs> oh, man. But still, you got to think, if you're going to want to build this program team, it's going to take at least five years, six years. Then you're sitting at a 73-year-old, and then at yeah, that it's time, like, it's like you're probably going to want to retire at some point soon and if you look all around football sean mcveigh yeah um lincoln riley tom herman's kind of younger i mean those are the coaches that are scott frost that are mm-hmm. in right now there, like yeah. the there. young offensive minded mm-hmm. guys that are like kids want to come play and put up numbers there and They're in for the long haul yeah it's a thing and so i mean i'm just not sold on these guys that have been out of the game forever and Another guy, John Gruden, like, look what he's doing there right yeah. now. Like, trading away Khalil Mack. <laughs> I mean, <Yikes. laughs> that shit don't that's work. Tough. Yeah. All right. Now that we've kind of covered about every base in college football, I think Colin's going to kick us off here talking about <clears throat> Thursday night NFL this week. Yep. Um, <clears throat> yep. So we got a big game here Thursday night. We got Dallas and New Orleans. Um, the Saints come to Dallas. It's, uh, last time I checked, it was a seven-point spread. That's what it's yeah. still at right now. Seven points. Yeah, it's a big game for Dallas. Um, it's obviously a make-or-break game. I feel like they lose this game. They're at 6-6, six and six, and the Eagles are sitting there right on their tail. Um, but if, you, if Dallas can somehow win this game, 
I feel like that is a huge win, especially for confidence when you got a young quarterback like Dak Prescott. And basically really a young team. Like you have Leighton Van Der Esch there, that rookie at linebacker, and then you have Jalen Smith at linebacker too. Um, that would be huge for confidence, um, especially for the standings as well. And that's another thing about those linebackers. I feel like they're the key for the game, um, especially that <clears throat> that D-line, um, which is interesting. I was looking at some stats here, and Drew Brees has only been sacked 10 times this year um, and has only been sacked more than two times in one game, and that was week two against Cleveland, and Saints won 21-18. They should have lost that game. Should have, yep. <clears throat> should have lost, and... I really feel like if Dallas, if their front seven could put pressure on Drew Brees, which is why I hope Scott Linehan has a, or sorry, Rod Marinelli has a plan for, to blitz a lot, um, but who knows, you never know what he has planned, but yeah, I mean, Drew Brees, he needs to get pressured, yeah, he's, I don't think he's been hit that many times this year, which is, I mean, you obviously know he's having a great year, but Dallas has to bring pressure on Drew Brees if they're going to make this upset happen, so... I mean, I, I agree with Campbell. I think the biggest, like, telltale sign of who will win that game is if Dallas, is, Dallas can get pressure on Drew Brees. If they can make him uncomfortable and make a few mistakes, then they have a shot. But if you, if you give him all day to sit back there and do whatever he wants, like... going to tear it apart. Yeah, it, it'll be a blowout. <clears throat> no. So, I mean, that'll be interesting to see. And Dallas's offense, like, they've kind of been rolling... Uh, Dak's been playing well. Feeding Zeke, obviously, that's the formula there. Mm-hmm. Um, they put up thirty-one on Washington's defense, who yeah. is no slouch. Yeah, and then forty-eight. Oh, that was the wrong team. Beat Atlanta, beat Philly. I mean, so they're rolling right now. Yeah. So I think if Dallas can keep this game low scoring, yes, and pressure Drew Brees, then they got a very good shot to win. Speaking of low scoring, if it's if you want to make it that way, that's going to be one, one thing to watch is New Orleans leads the league. New Orleans defense leads the league in rushing defense, and Dallas is fifth in the league on offense uh, with rushing at 134 yards per game. So I feel like whoever wins that matchup is going to come out on top. Yeah, say Saints allow 73 points to yeah. a 3.6 Something's got to give Some, there. Yeah, something's <clears throat> got to give. And maybe it'll be an X factor too. Like maybe there's a pick six uh, yeah. that someone has late in the game. I I feel like it could be – it'll be interesting, though. I, yeah, like you said, something's got to give, and I guess we'll see Thursday night. So as far as uh, betting, what side of it are you guys taking here for those Vegas people? It's tough because I think this is one of the more um, athletic defenses the Saints have faced all year. Really the only thing I would say if you're in Vegas tossing money on this this weekend is – like they said, nine and two are the Saints against the spread this year, and five and zero oh against the spread on the road. And I think the Cowboys covering on Thanksgiving got this game to a seven point spread. Uh, I think that helps a lot because I don't think so. I'm t- I'd say take the Saints, take the Saints mm-hmm. all the way. So I think this line's a little low. I'm gonna have to disagree with Jake here. I think barring. Barring the Saints or the Cowboys' defense not getting pressure on Drew Brees, I think they're going to get after him. And I think they have a shot to win this game, let alone cover. Mm-hmm. So plus plus seven and a half or seven, I love that. So I'll take the Cowboys this Thursday. And I'm going to kind of disagree with both you guys. I'm going to say it's going to be right in the, the middle there. It's going to be right in the middle there. Um, I feel like New Orleans wins this game 
but I think it's only by about three or four points. Um, I'm still going to take Dallas in the spread there, but I feel like towards the end it's going to be about, I think it's going to be about 21 to, I think it's going to be about 21-20, and New Orleans has the ball, and then they kick a field goal to make it a four-point game, and then I feel like, yeah, Dak, Dak can't lead him down the field, and I feel like New Orleans wins this game, so. But I'm going to make a bold prediction. I think Dallas sacks him at least three times, sacks Drew Brees at least three times, so. I mean, I'm I'm definitely going to take Cowboys plus seven, but I think that money line bet might be worth a shot there because Thursday night has told us that the home team prevails more times than not, and for whatever reason that is, couldn't tell you, but I'm going to stick with the trend and roll with the home team. Just because I think there's no way in hell the Cowboys covered this game. <laughs> Colin, how about this, okay? I don't know oh, why. Man. I was at a garage sale a couple of years ago, and I got a nice little New Orleans Saints jacket. Would would look real nice on you. Uh, so I'll tell you this right now. Yeah, if the Cowboys cover, I'll wear a Zeke jersey to class next week. Oh, oh boy. That's, okay, this is interesting. But if the Saints cover, you wear my Saints jacket. Just because there's there's no way in hell, pal. No way in hell okay. the Cowboys right. keep it within seven. I will make that deal. At seven. You guys line can't see seven. it, but we're shaking hands oh, right now. I'm, With the line I'm at seven. <laughs> at seven, right? Yeah, seven. Okay, all right. At seven. No six or eight or anything all like right. that. Make sure you check right, our just, Twitter and Instagram and that's not, for Colin and that Saints jacket next week. That's not the, the game. That's just spread, right? Yeah, so, okay. spread. All right. So, all I'm going right, to double down. If it's exactly seven, you both got to do it. All right. Glad we got a little disagreement. I like it. Good stuff. All right, what else are we jumping into today, boys? Let's look at the other big games here in the NFL that we got. Well, first of all, are we gonna are we gonna plan on doing another podcast here? Yeah, we're. I think we're gonna shoot one out either Thursday or Friday as well. So we'll talk a little more in depth as those get closer. But we can still touch on a couple this week. Yeah, Let's see what we think Let's early. Look at the big games here, meaningful games. Let's see what we got. Just one more thing I want to throw in here, too. I don't know if we mentioned this earlier. Clemson's a 25-point favorite yeah. this weekend. Oh, I was looking at against that. Against a Pittsburgh team that gave Notre Dame fits once again. But in the ACC championship game, the Big Ten championship game, is very heavy favorites there. I mean, I hope it's not that lopsided. So, I mean, obviously, I'm big college football fans here, and we want to see good games. That's, that's yeah. the only thing. Also, yeah. we'll t- touch on this as the weekend gets closer, but we do have number one Gonzaga come to town this weekend. Big, big game. Number- I, I just saw Gonzaga lost. Um, they just lost one guy. Let me check up on that. Well, is it more? Was it? Was it the I same guy? Not. The Tilly dude. He's Tilly, been out. Tilly's still out, but then they lost um, Crandall. They lost Crandall too for the game. Uh, he fractured his right hand, so. Look for that, too. Um, I know for a fact that the Creighton fans are going to show out. Um, they always do for the big games. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, whatever the spread is, I feel like if it's Gonzaga, about, I don't know, what do you guys think the spread I will be I think it's like eight. Yeah, eight. it'll probably be lower. <clears throat> think so? I like Creighton to cover. Um, whatever it is, if it's more than six, I, I like Creighton to cover. But I feel like Gonzaga will win the game. But I think it's going to be a great game. Um, Greg, McDerm- Greg McDermott always has his guys ready for the big home game, so I'm excited for that. I'm going to take the other side on that one. I think um, Gonzaga's bigs are just too much for them to handle, and Creighton's guards are still... I mean, Tyshawn put up 36 against Clemson. I don't know if he's <clears> going to do that again. If he does, I mean, they got a good shot to win, but I don't see it happening. I think Gonzaga, not huge, but... 
10 to 15 range. You think it'll be close throughout the game? I think I think it'll be close, and then Gonzaga will pull away there at the end. But I, yeah, I could see that happening too. I just um, I'm I'm excited to see whatever happens. It'll though. be a big test for Creighton. It's also forward. the first time I read in the Omaha World Herald. It's the first time in Creighton basketball history that number one team is coming to Omaha. And I thought it was very surprising because I thought Villanova was maybe a number one at some time. But when we beat them, I think they were like, yeah, like four, four weren't they? Something yeah. like that. But, <clears throat> we'll so dig into more, though, when that yeah. game gets closer Come and close. stuff. But we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll get back to NFL now that we kind of take a look at more games. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, Vikings-Patriots, playoff implications it's there. Big game. Big game. Uh, there's another one. Chargers-Steelers, I think. Not and then the Monday night game is Redskins Eagles, which will has big NFC East implications yeah, as well. Uh, the Eagles can get back in it. Mm-hmm. And look at that Steelers Chargers game. They just lost Melvin Gordon probably for the yeah. game, right? Um, I know Austin Eckler came in. He kind of filled he's, in a little he's bit. He's capable, but he's yeah. not. He's not. He's Melvin. no Melvin Gordon. Yeah, he'll go catch you like ten passes yeah. for dump dump downs, but. But as far as true running back goes, like he's mm-hmm. like we said, no Melvin Gordon. But look at that Chiefs Raiders game as well. How is that spread only fifteen? I f- I thought for sure that'd be about seventeen, eighteen, whatever. Yeah, you name I, don't, it. I don't know that that one could get really ugly, like yeah, very ugly fast um, as well. I don't see the Raiders being able to move the ball on. No, I know the Chiefs defense isn't. <laughs> You know, the uh, stoutest, but I still don't see them moving the ball. Another interesting one that, I mean, I just got an update today that Lamar's going to start for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson going to start for the Ravens again this week. And against a struggling Falcons team, if he wins again, I mean, do you just roll with him for the rest of the year? I mean, why'd you draft him then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, at that, at that, to that point. I mean, you got to think they were trying to prepare for this when yeah. Flacco gets, he's getting older, whatnot. I mean, I think now's the time when you maybe you, maybe you give him a couple more, couple more games under mm-hmm. Flacco's belt, whatnot. But man, I think that's why you draft him. To yeah, f- fill him in for Flacco. Agreed. Just um, uh, do you have any more games for NFL wise, or do you want to wait till the next one? Once again, uh, we'll dig into more as that gets closer yeah, to. I mean, no playoff implication games at all, other than the ones we already talked about. But yeah. <clears throat> I don't have much to say here. I just want to throw it in because we did touch on it last podcast. Uh, the way the women's volleyball brackets came out, it is possible that you could see a Creighton-Nebraska national championship. So that's exciting. That would be exciting. Nebraska drew a one seed. Um, definitely kind of used to seeing that. Creighton, I, I thought kind of got yeah, snubbed a, a little. Is yeah. it a two or a three? They're the number nine national yeah. seeds. So. and. I think they so got a three because Penn State's the eight, and I think Penn State got that two. So Creighton okay. would have to beat – Essentially, they got South Dakota first round, probably Washington or St. Mary's second round, and then you're looking at beating Penn State, Stanford. So that road's tough, but they're they're Very tough doable. as well. I think that that would be one of the coolest sports things, personally, in my opinion, to watch would be Creighton, Nebraska national championship, especially for the state of Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. Be- Correct me if I'm wrong, too. I mean, I think was there a point where. Trying to think, was there a point when Nebraska and Creighton made the College World Series at the same time, or was that a? Because I think Creighton made it in I like think, ninety. Oh, was it? Oh, I think it was ninety. Way before our time. Yeah. If, yeah. if it did happen, but maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong here. But yeah. I think that's the same thing too. Like ha- having Nebraska 
baseball coming to the College World Series. Like, yeah. that's just another, I mean, it just means more to Nebraska, yeah. Nebraska for residents. For those of you who, like, aren't from the Nebraska area, like, like, any sporting event, like, volleyball, like, they show out. So, and, like, especially the College World Series, when we don't have a Nebraska team make it, like, it's still one of the best atmospheres. Like, if you haven't been to the College World Series, like, please come. Like, it is something else. I'll tell you what. Final four for volleyball is in uh, Minneapolis this year. If uh, if Creighton, Nebraska make the national championship, 100% guarantee the Take It From Us podcast yep. will go up we to Minneapolis and uh, oh, broadcast yeah. from there. That what week. are the dates on that? The dates on that. So, uh, let's see. Final four starts December 13th. Championship would be the 15th. So Target Very Center in Minneapolis, yep. take it to the bank. We will be up there if yep. that's the case. But like the boys said, a lot to be excited for there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. I've been itching to get into Baker Mayfield this whole podcast. And I know Campbell's got a lot, yeah, of, I do. A lot of stuff on this. But I'll look when you guys start here. Okay. Gonna, do you want to start? I'll start it off. My thing is, like, why? Why, 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 why? Why do you have to, I mean... Open your mouth. Like, WYD, what you doing? (laughs) I mean, I think Baker needs to just, I mean, be the bigger man here one time and walk away and not comment on it. Or, I mean, the biggest thing is why is he throwing shade at Hugh Jackson? It's not like he just left and went to the Bengals because he wanted to. He got fired. Like, the man was looking for another job and the Bengals hired him. I mean, I think that's just a good move by Cincy. It's not, I mean, it's not personal. So, I mean, I'll let one of you guys talk more about it, but. I'll get into mine now because I know Colin's got a lot. I'll let him wrap it up. But my thing is I've tried over the last year to be a Baker fan because I do think, I I don't doubt that he's a good locker room guy when he's in your locker room. Yeah. I he He does. He puts it all out on the field. He goes hard. He's, you know, kind of had a lot against him his whole life. Walk on, turns into first round draft pick and stuff. So I respect, I respect his game. Absolutely. And I think he's a tough competitor and all that. But my thing is, and I've, I've learned this the last couple of years is a lot of modern day sports fans want flashy. They want, you know, they want this controversy. They want the drama and essentially that stuff works for like a year if even a year and then it doesn't so i'm just going to run through why i don't think baker's going to be anything long-term like no long-term greatness unless he becomes you know a a more focus on just playing the game and getting it done so here is times where i thought if you buckle down and focus on just playing the game you can get it done okay so the first one i want to talk about is the Eagles last year, okay? So they went in and they embraced this underdog mentality and created this narrative. And that's what a lot of people in sports do nowadays. They create this narrative for themselves because they think it's going to help. All this bulletin board material, all that garbage. And yeah, it worked for the Eagles last year. They went, they took their backup quarterback and they played a perfect game against the Patriots in the Super Bowl and beat a five-time Super Bowl champion. Hats off to them. This year rolls around what happens. You you created this underdog narrative for yourself. All this, they wear the dog masks, all this garbage. You get 
Wentz back, and you're a below 500 team right now at this point in the season. That didn't work. Cam Newton, super Cam, all this crap, all this whining, all this stuff. I get hit too hard, all this BS. Creates this narrative, where's the Superman socks, all that garbage. Goes out, hands it to the, was it the Broncos in the Super Bowl? What's happened since then? I've never felt that Cam Newton's been a threat to win. You know, it's it's all this different stuff. Just go out and play the game. Clay Thompson, they're facing LeBron. Tells them, I don't know, he must have just got his feelings hurt. This is a grown man's league. You poke the bear. You create this narrative. <laughs> LeBron comes out and gives it to you. It's the same thing anywhere you look in sports. Miami last year with the damn turnover chain. Yeah, that's that's hype. It's flashy. Oregon, all these new uniforms, all this crap. It's flashy. But you know what works? Alabama. Yeah. It's business. It's business. That's why the Patriots have five Super Bowl championships since 2000. That's why the Spurs were so good. There wasn't anything flashy about them. Yeah. Nothing. Ginobili went out and played. Parker went out and played. And Duncan went out and played. With a disciplined coach, they got stuff done. And there's only certain times where this flashiness works. And you see it with the Warriors, Warriors and yeah. Steph has the shimmy and stuff. I'll tell you the only reason that works with the Warriors is because five players are on the court at the same time. And when Boogie's back this year, literally all yeah. five of them are all-stars. All-star, so yeah. there's no other sport and no other scenario like that where that's actually been so, a reality. And after this year, I think the personalities are going to catch up with them and it's going to go. And then I think a couple of years like down the road. another thing on that too. I think that's why you see Villanova is so good. Mm-hmm. Jay Wright is all business and Villanova time and time again, like we've seen it, two, two national championships in the last three years. It's like you said, business. It just works. So, so, what, so what you're saying, Jake, is that like the flashy may have short-term yeah. success, but there's nothing sustainable. About yeah, it. that's what I'm saying. And it's just go out. If you have the skill set, it doesn't matter what anybody's saying you have this athletes. Great athletes have a such a short period in their life, especially football. Football is the shortest. You have a very small window, even when you're a skill player, to go out and be great. And that's my problem with I know I, I always get flack for it. I, I don't I'm not a big Odell fan because I yeah, I think he's I think he's a good leader sometimes. Hell of a player. I yes, I think he is the most talented wide receiver in the game, just as I think Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback in the game. But there's certain things that allow it to not translate to wins. You saw when they went on the boat trip, what happened since then. Rodgers is always creating a narrative. People wonder about his relationship with McCarthy. The the discount double check, all this. All this flashy. It doesn't doesn't work. Four and six and one, something like that. I'll tell you right now, Rodgers is so much more gifted than Brady. But Brady doesn't create this narrative for himself and stuff. I, I, I don't know. That's... That's kind of my take on it. even the greats. I am one of the, I love LeBron, huge LeBron fan to death. And he goes into Miami. And I remember, because I think, was that 2010 that he went to Miami? It was around then. I remember I'm like sixth, seventh grade at this time. And I watched the decision. I love it. I watch him do his press conference thing, the not one, not two, not three. And I remember my dad saying that was a bad thing. And I couldn't, at this mind, I'm, what, 6th, 7th grade, I can't wrap my mind around it. No, I love it. I love the flashiness. I love it. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, this is great. And you saw what happened. They went and played a much less talented Dallas Mavericks team that was disciplined, Dirk, fundamentally sound, gave it to him. So did the Spurs his last year in Miami. And pretty much, you know, if Ray Allen doesn't come in and save them in game six of, six of LeBron's third year, yep. you're looking at one championship. It's just, and then, I don't know, I personally, I think – that kind of clicked in LeBron's brain. You saw him go back to Cleveland, a pretty buckled-down business guy, and went out and got a ring. And you yeah. see that with, like, little kids. 
uh, all around. They they're always wearing the Steph Curry jerseys and they got the headband. They got the they got the <clears throat> the mouth guards hanging out their mouth and you got the the Warriors shorts, all that Steph Curry shoes. I mean, yeah, it's flashy. Us like little kids, like you said, you like you watch the decision. You're like, mm-hmm. I love this. This is awesome. But I'm a big Le- big LeBron fan too. And looking back on that, that was one of his worst things he's done in his career. And I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, they go down and play a Mavericks team who's. If you look at if you look at the Heat team, they should have won that series in Who the five Mavericks or six. Have? Dirk, Jason Dirk. Terry. Yeah. Like, I can't even remember. That's that's yeah. that's why. <laughs> I mean. And I'll tell you real quick before you say anything else. There, the problem with that with like little kids too is all three of us is reft. And I I remember playing seventh eighth grade. I mean even younger than that, you your coaches were pretty much had you disciplined. You go do like your layup line, all that stuff, your form shooting. I walk into a gym now for an eighth grade game. I don't know how it is at other levels and stuff, but balls come flying out, and you got kids like tossing up deep threes and stuff mm-hmm. all the I mean, because they watch all this flashiness and they think it's just going to translate thanks and, steph curry <laughs> yeah and that's like, why a lot of people are people, saying he's he's ruined like the younger children. i was gonna yeah. say and uh, honestly I, I don't know if it's steph's fault or if it's yeah. like I, it's not steph's fault i mean go ahead and be great but people mm-hmm. don't realize how he got yeah. to that point he didn't yeah. just wake up one day and say shit i think i can exactly. i can shoot better than anyone else and walk in yeah. and start knocking down shot after shot like Kids see that, and the other thing too is I'm, I'm we're going way off topic here. We'll get back to it. Yeah. Just the last thing I want to plug in is you see like parents nowadays too that come in with this mindset as my kid can do no wrong, yeah. and that that's not ever going to work. That's, that's terrible for kids. I mean, if you're not getting pushed, it's tough love. And I don't. The world's I don't know. The world's getting soft. I'm done talking about that. Yeah. But back speaking, to this. Speaking of soft, okay. So here's <clears throat> here's a clip of Baker Mayfield, what he said to Hugh Jackson, in case you forgot. Uh, we have the same players. Yeah, we have people We have people that we believe in calling the plays now. With him, PC, was it a seamless transition after uh, Haley left, or did it take some while for the new dynamic with Freddie and, uh, and Zampezi and you to uh, get a role? Oh, Kenny and I have always had a good relationship. I've uh, been open and honest about what he wants to get accomplished. It's just a matter of how he wants to coach it based on what Freddie's calling. So that, that's... There's a little bit of a, you know, learning process, but it didn't take. All right, so <clears throat> as you heard, he's taking a big shot at Hugh Jackson here, and Todd Haley on, and, and Todd Haley, and <clears throat> my problem with that is you got Hugh Jackson. I mean, he has not been very successful in this league, as we'd all agree on. Um, and then you got Baker Mayfield, number one draft pick, former Heisman winner, former walk-on, especially. I mean, this kid has gone from zero to a hundred. I mean, look at him. If and if you're in that case, wouldn't you want to take the the high road here? Like, you know, I've been I've been down at the bottom, and now I'm now I'm here. Essentially, he's gonna be a great NFL quarterback. I've always been a fan of him. He's but like Jake said, he's very flashy, <coughs> and a lot of people like that. And I I like flashy to an extent. Um, but when you're Baker Mayfield and you are the number one overall draft pick and you are starting in the NFL right now and I th- he's, he's gonna have a very bright future um, I think the Browns will be good here in a couple years um, but that's that's just the thing you you should not stoop down to somebody else's level that you're not on like it just you, it just kind of seems like he's kicking Hugh when he's down yeah like, the man just got fired he got fired like, and he 
and he took a job offer. If you got if you got fired from your job, what is he supposed to do? Not yeah, work? Yeah, are you supposed to sit on the couch and just accept the fact that you just got fired? No, you gotta you gotta get back up. You gotta go. You gotta go get a job, and so be it. It was against a division team. They'll play twice a year, and it just so happens you played them two games later. That's the thing. But but put yourself in huge shoes. Yeah. Wouldn't you want? Here's two reasons. Why would you go outside the division? One. If you can go in the division and be successful against the Browns, that's a big, hey, screw you guys. Why wouldn't you want to do that? I think any competitor would want to do that. And second, you know that division like the back of your hands. Mm-hmm. You're going to be the most successful going somewhere else in that division. You've studied it for years now. So you can't blame Hugh for going there. And it just seems like for Baker, Hugh should be irrelevant. You know, what? Why does Hugh still matter to you? It's just like when they played Kansas last year. And I know there was plenty of stuff about, you know, Kansas laid some cheap shots. Kansas was chirping, all this stuff. But essentially, you're going to be the Heisman winner. You take care of that stuff on the field. Uh, Unfortunately, cheap shots happen everywhere. Like, it shouldn't happen. But essentially, it it happens. make what Kansas did right. But, like. No, not, not by any means. But if you're Baker and you get off the sidelines they should be irrelevant to you. They they'll are have, they are, have a water yeah. and just forget about they it. They are one or two win Kansas. You're gonna win the Heisman that year. You're, you have a national championship why is, shot. Why yeah. is Kansas like on your radar? Exactly. Why are you concerned with what they mm-hmm. that's the thing. I think he can be super talented. I think he could honestly be I don't think it's out of the realm for him to be Drew Brees caliber, but there's some things where he needs to clean up yeah. and just get his mind and right. Like, the crazy thing is is like none of the problems like I have with Baker are on the field. Yeah. Like, it's just all off the yeah. field. It's like his mouth gets him in trouble and, yeah. you he's know, the of, whole police yeah. video thing. Like, obviously, like, he's young in college. I said, I mean, nothing like that's happened since then. But it's just... He's one of the most dynamic players in college football history. It's, it's, I mean, that's not really an argument. He's one of the and best. And he could be in the NFL. Yeah. And it would just be a shame for him to, like, you know, like his mouth or his actions to, like... Mm-hmm. Take that away from him. Yeah, and that's why I like. To, I'm gonna dig back into. Uh, if if anybody doesn't know who Damian Woody is, he's on first take, and he um, <clears throat> he kind of posted a video, just basically calling out Baker Mayfield and his fanboys. Um, basically said Baker Mayfield needs to grow up, and I I agree with him on to an extent. I feel like he's done a lot worse things than calling out Hugh Jackson, but. My problem is Baker Mayfield responded, and he said, not even comparable. I didn't lose 30-plus games, be fake, and then do that. I wasn't going to have a scholarship. Good try, though, buddy. And he's saying that because Baker Mayfield had a problem with Hugh Jackson going to a division rival, and obviously Baker Mayfield transferred from Texas Tech to go to Oklahoma. And I see where Baker's going here about not having a scholarship. Yeah, I mean, not getting a shot. Um but my problems with that is, Damian. Why is Damian Woody on your mind? If you see that, you're out. You should laugh like, it let off. Let it go. Yeah. It's some. It's some big, big dude on a first take that's sitting what, on his butt. Again, that's what he gets paid to do yeah. is talk. I mean, yeah. that's just his. Like, it's his take. <laughs> like that is his job to talk yeah. about what you are doing yeah. and like. You know, like, if you don't agree with it, like that's fine. Like, yeah. move on with your life. Just real quick on that too. He's taken a lot of notice and put a lot of concern into what Colin Coward thinks of him once again that's another guy that 
for three hours a day, five days a week, has to talk about sports. Exactly. He's going to talk about you, whether you think you gave him something to talk about or not. So if you're going to if you're going to have the actions and say the things you say, expect people to talk about it, and yeah. you can't fire back when yeah. then when that's their job. Yeah. You know? That's why they're talking about yeah. it. You made the story. You made the headline. So you, you're going to have to take the backlash. That, that's the thing. Yeah. It's it's the same in every sport. If you're going to talk, you got to back it up. And if you don't believe if you don't believe that, I'm just going to say probably biased as a Red Sox fan, but all you got to do is look at the playoffs this year. First round, it's tied 1-1. Judge goes by the Red Sox locker room playing New York, New York. You know what happens? Red Sox stomp them, stomp them the next two games. Before the Astros series, Bregman posting a video of them going back-to-back-to-back to back to back off of Avaldi. Uh, you know what happens? They beat on the Astros. Puig all season and all playoffs really just running his mouth. The Red Sox go in. Once again, it's just go take care of business. We've if you want to talk, back it up or wait until you take care of business. Yep. But We've seen it time and time again. You, you run your mouth. It's kind of like on pickup basketball. Yeah, It's like the guys, you see them running their mouth. They're always the one that get a three just splat in their face or whatever. Yeah. I've never been a big a big shit talker or anything, so You better I, back it up. Yeah, you better back it <laughs> up. Yeah. Um my thing is is like comparing another athlete that like doesn't like to be talked about negatively is Kevin Durant. And you saw what happened with him and the fake Twitters commenting to people and you know, he's a snake for leaving OKC. And like honestly, like that's very comparable to Baker because he cannot let what anyone says about him negatively go and um like like you you guys brought up the Colin Cowherd thing talks about him a lot Colin Cowherd also talks bad about Russell Will, or Russell Westbrook a, a lot and I mean have you ever heard of Russell Westbrook even like mentioning Colin Cowherd's name no because he's not on his radar and I think Baker needs to learn a little bit from Russell Westbrook and just go out there and ball like and obviously uh, Baker has been a much better quarterback without Hugh Jackson. Uh, five touchdowns, one interception since he's left. But like we said, just take the high road. Just forget about it. He's not. He shouldn't even be in your radar anymore. He's not your coach. He's a very below average coach. So I, that's just how we feel about it. You know. Hey, Colin. You know where running your mouth gets you? Where? Choked out on the canvas like Conor McGregor. Oh, jeez. I'm a big Conor McGregor fan, but I don't like his. I don't like his shit talk, but, I mean, you better be able to back it up. Like we said, <laughs> like, I don't know. That's just how it is. I don't know. That's the thing. You can back it up time and time again, mm-hmm. but if you're going to keep doing it, it you got to be there every time. And I don't know. You know, it's, it's like it's like one of these days, like, his mouth is going to write a check. His Like, his play can't cash. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing. I, know if, I don't know if we've even talked about this on the show or not, but... I don't understand how the Pittsburgh Steelers have not, honestly, at this point, won three or four Super Bowls in, like, the Le'Veon, Antonio Brown, Big Ben era. That is the most talented team by far, besides possibly Kansas City this year. Mm -hmm. But And, honestly, the Chargers have a pretty nice roster this year. But for the past five years, at least, this has been the most talented roster. And, once again, their mouths get them in trouble. Every year, Big Ben... Flirts with the idea of retirement, has something bad to say about Tomlin. Le'Veon wants his money. AB's going Facebook Live in the locker room after a first round win. It's just imagine his touchdown dances. I know. (laughs) Imagine if these guys put all that energy into just going out there, 
and balling and like meshing as a team that's the thing is they have so much talent and with them i feel like a lot of their problems like Le'Veon with his money and like big ben's comments after losing like if they focused on winning like a lot of their problems would go away and i mean you know like when you talk outside of the locker room and on social media and stuff like that like that's obviously going to affect your teammates and it's a distraction and that's I feel like a big reason why they haven't won a Super Bowl or got there in a while so just kind of a random stat here for you you might enjoy Philip Rivers went 28 for 29 passing on Sunday completed his first 25 passes and it's actually like proven there's a 64,000 to 1% chance that he'd start the game with 25 straight completions and a 15,000 to 1% chance that he'd get struck by lightning in the middle of the game. And so It's another that's example of time crazy. to time yeah. again. He's not flashy. He's just probably, he's like a white dad. He's like, he's got a business. <laughs> yeah. Just business. It's, uh, I don't know. It, it's just. We could talk about it with a million different teams. That's the same thing with the Packers. You know, you have all this thing. Rodgers doesn't get along with McCarthy. But, oh, he's a bad man. Bad man. Bad man. Bad man's won four what, games this one, year. One Super Bowl? One Super Bowl. I mean, he Jeez. That's a... You know who has more Super Bowls than him and against the Patriots? Eli Manning. Eli Manning. Eli Manning <laughs> has more Super Bowl wins against the Patriots than mm-hmm. Rodgers has Super Bowls. Is Eli Manning a bad man? But he's a bad man. No. That's a thing. Yeah. He's no. a bad man. You ever heard Eli Manning run his mouth? Probably not, because nope. he, he sucks recently. But the years, <laughs> the, the years they won the Super Bowl. Shots at Eli now. <laughs> the years, yeah, God, you got to get him out of there. But the years they won the Super Bowl, no, didn't run his mouth. I mean, it's the same. I don't know. It's the same thing, and it's it's great. I think it's a lot easier to root for those guys. I don't. I personally. If the Patriots were to match up with the Saints in the Super Bowl and the Saints beat them, I couldn't be mad because Drew Brees is a great guy to root for. Doesn't run his mouth, goes out there, gets the job done. And I don't know, I like it. The thing I really like to see so far is, and I hope he stays true to this his whole career, right now Mahomes seems like a class act. He goes out, he gets his job done, and they they have some flashy players and stuff, but, I mean... Mahomes seems like a pretty much grinded out, go get the job done. Mm. Flew under the radar last year, didn't complain about having to sit under Alex Smith for a year, came in, perfected his craft, and now he's rolling. Honestly, the same thing. Watch out for the Texans this year because they're they're rolling. Eight in a row after an 0-3 start. That is a very talented team that is led very well. Deshaun is a hell of a leader on offense, and Dabo Dabo said it when he got drafted. He said, you're drafting Michael Jordan. And I'm like, Dabo, you're a damn idiot. But Deshaun looks like he's electrifying. He's a great player, and he's a pretty good leader, and I think you got the best leader you could possibly have on defense in J.J. Watt. Yep. So watch out for the Texans. Great defense. By, the way, by the way, we all picked the Texans we to did. cover yeah, Monday night, did. so you're welcome. Should so we, let's should, take, yeah, let's should take we a look recap back. that? Yeah. <clears throat> so well, let's see. You guys lo- loved the Jets. Oh. We loved the Jets, but, but we'd like to say something about that. It was 27-13, to 13, and the Jets had the ball at 4-5. It was like four. And five. Yeah, it was 4-4. Four, four. Fourth was, and two. Fourth and two. From, like, inside the New England 10, whatever yeah. it was. All you got to do is kick a field goal and they cover. But mm-hmm. they, they, I mean, they were down yeah, two touchdowns. They were touchdown. down 14. Yeah. It was, it was I mean, third, third and goal from the four, too, at one yeah. point, And then yeah. two incompletions. Mm-hmm. So they were right there. Um, if you listen to me and you loved the Bucks, you're welcome. I think that was my yeah. like it, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. What if was your you, like uh, it? 
My like it was the Jets. Oh, okay. So if you found yourself That's, in Vegas this weekend, I hope you uh, hope you went with our beat. love it and our Monday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But me and Brooke were decently right about staying away from the Steelers Broncos yeah. game because the Steelers was... don't turn the ball over. What was it, two, three times? Yeah. I think they win that game, but like exactly. we said, we didn't know what Steelers you know, team was going to show that up. That was just a weird game. It was like, it felt like, because what was it? The Steelers were going in to score, and he gets hit at like the half yard line and fumbles it out of the back of the end zone. Like the Steelers had chance to run away like with that game, and they just didn't. Just and, real quick here. Oh, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was saying, the game I said to stay away from, that's just why I thought of it, was Jags-Bills. You know who runs his mouth a lot? Jalen Ramsey. You know what he said? He said Josh Allen was trash, terrible draft pick. Well, Josh <laughs> Allen went out and beat the Jaguars this weekend, 24-21. So that has got to feel so good for Josh Allen. Keep yeah. running your mouth. You're three and eight. Did Josh Allen say Josh Allen say no, 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 he did not. No, good so, for Josh Allen. Yeah, take the high road. I don't know. Do we have anything else to dig into this but, week? So basically, if you hit the sports books, um, we are a trash time. Um, play call away <laughs> from being six and zero oh this weekend. Yeah, from being perfect. So I basically, think. we were three and three. My like it was the Seahawks over the the Panthers, and they were a three point dog, and they end up winning. Um, Russell Wilson shows up time and time again in November towards the end of the season. So, like like we said, we were we were a trash time play away from being six and zero. Oh. We ended up being three and three, I believe. Was it? Mm-hmm. So three and three, and that brings us to an all time record of six and three, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, six and three. We just made our picks. Very half a point away from being nine and zero. Yeah, yeah. that do, hurts. Do you guys have anything else you wanted to cover this week? That's, we're that's we're, we're hitting me. the we're hitting the one hour mark pretty soon here. So I just wanted to do this real quick before we uh, before we call today. Colin, uh, can you tell me the top four teams right now in the Western Conference standings and NBA? I just saw it today. Uh, I think it's the. Um, <sighs> So I know the Clippers it, are up there. So, so you're struggling, right? I, yes. I know the Clippers are up there. And I, I think, obviously, the Warriors. Um, oh, man. I can't even remember who it was. I'll it, tell you. I'll tell surprising. you. It is, it is the Clippers, Warriors, Nuggets, Grizzlies. So <laughs> that's Lord. just a friendly reminder why we don't really talk about the NBA because the Warriors have ruined the NBA. Yep. So right mm. now, I can tell you right now, if the Warriors were in 16th, or 15th, I guess, in the West, and had a 4-15 and record like the Suns, I honestly wouldn't care because we know how the season's going to end. Um, right now, the, if you're wondering, the Kings are 8th in the Western Conference, ahead of the Rockets, um, ahead of the Pelicans, and ahead of the Timberwolves. So yeah. once again, yeah. um, right now the Wizards are a mess. Beal and Wall went out. Dwight Howard's having his sex life talked about in public. <laughs> so We won't get in much No, that. No, we're not going to dive into that. Just a friendly reminder that the Warriors have ruined the NBA for us. So congrats to them. Respect, on their, them. Uh, yeah. Respect them. But. Congrats to them on another NBA championship this year. But oh, yeah. if you're wondering why we don't talk about the NBA, that's why. Um, it's irrelevant. So that's all we have this week. Hope you enjoyed. Once again, send in podcast or send in, sorry, send in comments. Um, feedback on this if you want to see us get into any topics or anything like that uh, follow us on instagram follow us on twitter instagram i think is take it from us podcast yep, yep. twitter is take it from us i think it's at take it from us one yes. so give us a follow let us know what you think and comments questions concerns anything dm us 
uh, you know, anything. Yeah. We want to hear from you. Hope you guys enjoyed. We should have another podcast out Thursday night or Friday morning. So once again, thanks for listening. Take it from us. Later.